And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And as longtime listeners know, I sometimes deviate from that because I like to cover other business topics that I really feel passionate about. So today, I am so delighted to be speaking with Felicia Slattery. Welcome, Felicia. Thanks, Deb. I'm excited to be here. Great, great. Well, before we jump in, let me tell folks just a little bit about you. So Felicia is on a mission to motivate, inspire, and train small business owners and entrepreneurs to create meaningful connections through effective communication and public speaking. An internationally acclaimed and award-winning professional speaker, a number one best-selling author of Kill the Elevator Speech, and 21 Ways to Make Money Speaking, and the creator of the trademarked Signature Speech System, Felicia presents to audiences large and small on topics related to communication, speaking, and being a successful entrepreneur. As a cancer survivor, Felicia's enthusiastic passion for communication is contagious because she knows that one important message delivered with power can transform a life. She works with experts and entrepreneurs to help them more effectively communicate their messages on and off stages while building and maintaining strong relationships locally, nationally, and globally, both in person and virtually using the Internet. You can find out more about Felicia at FeliciaSlattery.com. So again, Felicia, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, and um, I'm excited to dive in. I know, I know. Well, we are going to talk about one of your books today because it is something that I think so many people are very interested in and they're scared and they don't know what to do. And that's public speaking. You know, I think we've all heard the statistic that says that, you know, more people are afraid of public speaking than anything else in the world. But the funny thing is I have so many people say, oh, I'd love to be a speaker, but I don't know what to do. And, and so, you know, I think that does kind of tie into it is they are afraid. They don't know what to do. So you wrote this great book that is called 21 Ways to Make Money Speaking. So first, tell us why you even decided to write the book. Well, um, you know, it's 21 Ways to Make Money Speaking is actually a book in a series of books from uh, my publisher and Mm -hmm. she's got this 21 ways series and Mm -hmm. um she came to me and and actually asked me to be um one of the one of the very first authors in the series and so i was honored to be one of the first authors Mm -hmm. and um she came to me in early december um and said hey you want to write this book and i was i said Sure. Uh, and and um, it was contracted. She wanted only 10,000 words. By the way, if you want to write a book, um, that's how they talk about books. They don't talk about pages. They talk about words. Just a little, right. little FYI on that for folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she 10,000 words is not a lot, right? 
And so I was like, sure, I could do that. And so I actually wrote the book in six days. Wow. It was really fast. Well, you know, 20, a 21 ways book or any number of ways or any number of tips or whatever, that's, that's probably one of the easiest formats for anybody to write because it's like, oh, okay, well, let me just start listing things. And then mm-hmm. after you have your list, then you go back and you describe them and boom, you're done. It's really, really right. a fast and easy way to do it. So, um, and then I, uh, I launched the book. So we wrote it, I wrote it in de- early December. Um, mm-hmm. we launched it on leap day, February 29th, the last time we had oh. one of those. Mm-hmm. And um, by noon on launch day, it was number one in five categories on Amazon. Wow. How on earth did you do that? <laughs> well, actually, um, a number of different ways. So at the time, the model isn't as as popular or prevalent now because I think a lot of people got um, kind of tired of it. But um, the, there was a model where you would get a bunch of people, uh, you know, other authors and um, mm-hmm. folks with businesses and say, hey, could you all, um, you know, share my book with your list of people and, you know, in exchange for a gift? Well, I did not want to do that because I also, in the same week that I contracted for the 21 Ways book, I actually contracted with another publisher for another book. And the the 21 Ways book was just kind of a little book, and the, and the, that uh-huh. publisher is a friend. But the other book um, is called Kill the Elevator Speech, and I knew that book had potential to be very big. And so right. I didn't want to call in any favors, <laughs> you know, because the other one <laughs> the other one would be out not too terribly long after that. So I thought, right. well, let me just run this 21 Ways to Make Money speaking book as a as a test launch. And kind mm-hmm. of check, you know, check my systems, work with my team and see, you know, how long does it take us to get up a website and how can we get this stuff together and can I really get to number one with this little book? You know, it's very niche, you know, obviously a very niche little book. And um, so we put everything together. I didn't have any partners. Uh, I just did it all on my own. And um, the way I got to number one, honestly, is, um, you know, you talk, of course, a lot about social media. It mm-hmm. was two things. Speaking throughout the, the the duration of my business to build my list, my community of subscribers. And okay. on the day, social media blew up for my book. It was amazing. Cool. It was really, really cool. I was humbled. I, was, I mean, I fell to my knees. I was like in tears. Right. It was amazing. Well, and it's funny because I've talked, you know, to, to numerous guests, but specifically uh, Ted, uh, right about word of mouth marketing and how powerful that is. And, you know, we can promote our own stuff over and over and over and people pretty soon go, yeah, yeah, whatever. But the second somebody else talks about it, even if we don't know them, just that kind of third party endorsement thing, we're like, oh, so and so talked about this. I have to go buy that book. You know, and and so I'm sure that's, you know, one of the reasons why it was just so important and and why that worked so well. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. You know, that was a book launch is an interesting thing because people can share it. It doesn't Mm -hmm. cost them anything to share it, but literally a moment to click the share button or click the retweet Mm -hmm. button or, you know, just write a quick note on, on LinkedIn or whatever, right? It's, it's super, super fast. Doesn't cost any money. Doesn't take hardly any time. Mm-hmm. And they don't, you know, if they know you, then they kind of feel like, Hey, I'm helping somebody out that I right. know, or, you know, if they want to feel like they're doing you a favor so that they're you mm-hmm. know building up the favor bank, like I'm doing this person a favor, mm-hmm. right, but right. you know, it's the, it's just, it's exciting. And um, what I found was 
people were like, she didn't tell me she was doing this. And look, here's this really cool book. Check it out. And so, um, you know, Felicia Slattery surprised us all. She's got a new book today. You got to go get it today, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, it was really, it, it was it was just interesting to see how the people on social media came out to support um, to support the book. And I know that's what that's what got it in front of the, the number of people that it needed to so that it could hit number one. Mm-hmm. Well, and of course, it's such a great topic. You know, we started the program by talking about the fact that so many people want to be a speaker. And, and it's funny because some of those people I look at and go, ooh, hmm, maybe not so much. <laughs> but, you know, and, but, and, but then there are those people who say, oh, I, I want to speak, but I have a boring topic. And I know we're going to you know, really delve into all of this, but why do you think people think they should be a speaker? I mean, it's and, and, and I'm not there are those people, of course, who it's an ego thing. They want to get up in front of the millions of people and, you know, blah, 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 blah. but they're the majority of people want to present that message and, and they want to help people. Is that why you think people want to be a speaker? I think so. You know, there's a there's a, a number of reasons that I've come across. I've been teaching speaking um for many, many decades. So mm-hmm. um, I, I would say, you know, there are a handful of reasons. The first one around business is people understand that speaking is a very powerful marketing tool. Mm-hmm. You can get in front of a room full of people who've never seen you or even heard of you before and walk away with literally thousands of dollars in your pocket, right. as well as everybody in the room excited, enthralled, and and wanting to hear from you again and again, whether they buy anything or not, Right. Mm-hmm. So that's and and people get that. And so they go, well, I would like to tap into that marketing tool. So that's one reason. Another reason is that they the people who enjoy or want, you know, know they would enjoy being on stage have a passion inside of them for what they do. And they just have to share it. And they mm-hmm. just want to serve you know, they, I call it service from the stage. They just want to serve their audiences. They are so passionate about their message. They're so excited about what they have to share with the world that they they want to be able to do that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, why not make money while you do it, right? <laughs> right. You know, so let's jump into that. I know your book is about 21 tips, but let's let's talk about maybe the top five. So, what are your highlights on you know how to make money by speaking? Because you know this it is it it, it is fun, it is enjoyable. But hello, we have bills we have to pay, and we might actually want to make a little extra and things like that. So, how do we make money speaking? Okay, so there are um, there are two main paths to making money with speaking. The mm-hmm. first main path is what most people think of when they think of professional speaking, and that's getting paid to show up. Right. And in the getting paid to show up land of, of opportunity, there are a, uh, a, a couple of different ways that that happens. So number one is as a keynote speaker. That's the person who's, um, who tends to be the draw of the event. They open an event or sometimes there's a closing keynote. They'll close the event. They usually get anywhere from 45 minutes to about an hour to deliver mm-hmm. some kind of an impactful message, right? So those people tend to be paid a little bit more highly um, because they tend to be the draw to the room. Um, right. You also have to have... Uh, Good, good amount of experience. You don't just wake up one day and go, oh, you know what? I've never spoken before, but I'm going to be a keynote speaker. Like, uh-huh. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> um, and so you need to kind of get, uh, you know, get some experience under your belt. And so to do that, then the other way to get paid to show up 
um, just kind of flat out in the world of professional speaking and meeting planners looking to pay somebody to have a budget is um, someone who would be doing uh, a breakout session. Right. So it would be a session that you know, there would be a keynote speaker who's kind of a big name person. And then mm-hmm. people would break out, whether it's in the same room, you know, after the keynote speaker and everybody stays, depending on the size of the event and so forth. Or if it truly is, there are multiple concurrent tracks and sessions running at the same time. And then mm-hmm. you as a speaker go in and, and you do, you know, you do your thing. And that's typically a very um, content driven um you know, how to steps, um, you know, you give people some really good meat. It's, it's Mm -hmm. almost very often like a training session if you want to think of it that way. So that's the one side is, you know, getting paid to show up. And then the other side is you make money in a whole bunch of different ways, um, by either selling something from the stage or working with the meeting planner in advance so that maybe the planner isn't paying you, but maybe you're splitting the, um, you know, you're splitting your fee with the planner. So like maybe there's a, one of the, one of the ways that I talk about is um, to, to be a fundraiser. And so you can, you approach a a not-for-profit organization and Mm -hmm. say, listen, I got an idea for a fundraiser for you. It won't cost you anything. Why don't we Uh do this? Will mm-hmm. you know you've got the place? Most you know a lot of not profit not for profits have a building. They've got you know a place with meeting room in it. Mm-hmm. And so you know let's set up the room. We'll sell tickets and let's just we'll use an easy number, right? We'll say we'll sell tickets for twenty bucks and mm-hmm. you keep ten and I get ten. Mm-hmm. So like automatically it's a fundraiser because now you know the the organization is there and they're happy. Right. You get some money up front and then you sell something from the stage and you tell the organization, listen, I'll give you ten percent off the top of everything I sell. So mm-hmm. now they're making money on top of you know money on top of money as well as you as the speaker are making money on top of money. So it's you know that's kind of a win win for everybody and that's just an example of a way to make money where. You know, maybe you might not be thinking, oh, that, you know, maybe that's not a way that you'd ever thought of before. So that's kind of an interesting and creative way. And then the final way to make money speaking is um, you don't actually have to leave your house. There's a handful of ways where you can do virtual um, speaking, whether you are speaking one to one on the phone or you are doing webinars. There's uh, a bunch of, you know, group training, group coaching, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, um, like, there's, there's at least 21 ways. <laughs> Right, right. Well, and, you know, I, I love the, the fundraising aspect. I've done that before with groups that I support, which, you know, that, that kind of is a, a target audience or, you know, a captive audience, maybe I should say instead. And and it's also a group that you're familiar with, you know, so you've been volunteering for them or whatever. And, and in my case, it was the American Lung Association. And I did LinkedIn training. So we did the exact same thing. You know, it was uh, they, they took part of the, the uh, fee. I took part of the fee. They invited their board, um, you know, the, the key movers and shakers, which, of course, those were my target audience also, you know, and and because I wanted to go to their organizations and speak. So, it, you know, it was kind of this, what's the opposite of, oh, well, win-win. I was going to say the opposite of a catch-22. Uh-huh. And so that is, it was a win-win. Uh-huh. Plus, I had my own people who weren't familiar with the organization who attended. And then that was a way for them to think, oh, hey, this is a great organization that I want to support too. So I, I love that concept. And you're right, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, uh, 
anything that that's a nonprofit or a charity that probably isn't an, an option to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, interesting. You said the American Lung Association. I actually, um, I I did a keynote speech and I donated my time so that they wouldn't have to pay for a keynote speaker. I'm mm-hmm. a, a non-smoking um, lung cancer survivor. Oh, and mm-hmm. so. Um, that's where, you know, and there's a, a, a local non-smoking lung cancer um, mm-hmm. you know, charity and they do a black tie ball and, um, cool. you know, charity auction and they have a keynote speaker. And so mm-hmm. they had me come in. And so, yeah, that's and that was just a way to give back. So actually, mm-hmm. and that's to me, that's just another aspect of, of right. all of this, like. I mm-hmm. didn't make money for myself, but I made money for the organization by giving right. back to something that I cared about using my skills, mm-hmm. my gifts, my talents. And mm-hmm. that's another way, you know, depending on, you know, what people believe and so forth. I mean, um, you know, when you give, you can give your time, you can give your treasure, mm-hmm. you can give your talent, right? So mm-hmm. your time and your talent are just as valuable in many cases as your treasure because that helps other people, um, you know, just as much. Mm-hmm. Well, and and it is such a... Uh, it, win-win situation because you are you're giving to them you're exposing your message to other people um you know all sorts of things and and so it is a great way and it's also a way maybe you know not as a a keynote but maybe a smaller type of presentation for somebody who is just starting out as they're you know trying to to dip their toes in and and see if this is something that they want to do because it's shall we say a friendly audience um you know of of people who really want to support them Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely it's 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 definitely one way to um to start to get some experience with speaking in front of uh, I'll, you know, I like to call a live studio audience, right? Like mm-hmm. in front of a real audience of people who mm-hmm. are, you know, there to hear what you have to say. Right. Well, let's talk about, you know, the fact that, you know, I've, I've had some people tell me that you should never speak if you're not being paid. Well, that eliminates a whole bunch of, of places. And, and by that, they mean the organization, you know, that the organization is cutting you a check. They're not talking about selling something or something else. And and I'm with you. There are so many different ways to be able to do this. But it, it's interesting. I had a group approach me one time and, and they did not allow you to do a, an offer or sell or do anything like that. It was just you came and you spoke. We didn't pay you. And you should be honored that we asked you. And you know, I thought about it and, and I realized and I told them, I said, you know what? I really am honored. Because you could ask a multitude of people to speak on what I, I do. But, and, and I told them, I said, you know, the, the reason I charge a fee or ask, you know, people to sign up for my, my newsletter or whatever is, you know, think of it this way. It's two gas stations across the street from each other. Same price, same product. You go into one, you fill up with gas. Are you going to then go in and tell them, I'm not going to pay you because you should be honored that I chose you as opposed to the guy across the street? Mm-hmm. And they went, oh. Mm-hmm. And and then, now they still didn't pay me, and that was fine. You know, it was a small organization. I know that they didn't have a big budget. But then they did allow me to collect people's names and, and put them on my newsletter and, and, and make an, uh, a pitch for an offer from the stage. Mm, good. Good. You know, and... and and that's that's something that you talk about too is to always have that offer. So what does that really mean? Okay, so um, 
first, anybody who tells you you should never take a speaking engagement without being paid up front, that's a good thing because now you know that you don't need to work with them or listen to them. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, hello, that's somebody who's not very there's so creative. many other ways. Yeah, they, mm -hmm. If they can't come up with a way to make money when they're standing in front of a bunch of people, they're like, awesome. We don't need to hear from mm -hmm. them. So um, there's a... I created a, a system, I have a trademark on it called the signature speech. And the signature speech is a tool to, even if they say, well, you know, we don't want to have a selling environment. We don't want there to be a pitch. Then mm -hmm. I give away, I, I call it a gift. I'm going to, I'd like to give okay. a gift to everybody in the room. Is that okay with you? Yeah, well, sure. You could give everybody nice. a gift. Ooh. Great. Well, they have to, they have to give me their email address so that I could send them the gift because I don't want to mm -hmm. send it to everybody. I mean, they don't want right. you know, people who don't mm -hmm. want the gift. I'm not going to, you know, bother them via email. Oh yeah. No, we wouldn't want you to do that. Okay. Well then I got to get the emails of the people who do want the gift. Mm -hmm. Now they're like, Oh, sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. So you, the signature speech is designed then as a marketing tool. So you, you don't say yes to everything. <laughs> like right. you say yes to the, to the, especially in that situation, um, actually in every situation, you don't, you don't speak to audiences who are not the people who are your ideal target market. Mm -hmm. And again, unless you're doing a charity kind of a thing or whatever, right? right. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, for business now, you're only speaking to rooms full of people who want to and could potentially hire you mm -hmm. and maybe they just don't know you yet or they don't know about you yet or they don't mm -hmm. know about a product or a service that you have but if they did they would be interested at least to hear more right so right. that's where I say so at the end of delivering your signature speech which again is this marketing tool um excuse me one second <coughs> I got all excited. Um, <laughs> so at the end uh, you know, of your speech, you do want to have two offers. You mm -hmm. want to have the free offer so that okay. the, give the gift and ask mm -hmm. people to, you know, give you your email address so that you can send them the gift. And then you also want to have something to sell. And so the thing to sell is the reason why you do that. And I didn't always... You know, I didn't start off this way thinking like, well, you should sell something on the spot. And there are some folks that, you know, very smart folks that say, listen, if I don't know you and you don't know me, then how do you know, you know, how will you know that what I'm going to sell is going to be helpful to you or useful to you? Or, you know, like, I don't know, you know, some people, very smart people will say maybe that's not the best way to start a relationship. However, here's what I found after doing this for a lot of years. If you don't have something to sell, you're leaving money on the table. People will come up to you afterwards and say, oh, do you have anything that does X, Y, Z based on the topic of your presentation? Usually, if you do, then then there's some follow-up afterwards and you could maybe sell stuff afterwards. But I'm of the belief that why not give the people in the room who are already thinking, wow, I like this person. I would, you know, I'm interested in what this person has to say. I, I why not give that potential customer a reason to buy right then and there? Mm -hmm. Present something to them because people buy. And again, you give them a reason. Like don't just, you know, don't just say, and this is this is what I have if you'd like to buy that. You know, I have coaching, I have consulting, I have a I have a product, I have a service, whatever it is. Give them the reason. Give them a bonus for buying that day. Give them a right. discount if, you know, if you're comfortable giving a discount, uh, you know, or, you know, give them something where mm -hmm. if they say yes and you kind of that then cuz that's really the purpose of um 
that's really the purpose of of all sales is to make people ha- make a decision. So make right. it easy for them to make the decision that, all right, yeah, you know what? Normally I would pay 250 bucks for this, but I could get it today and save 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's not something I, I really, I know I want anyway. I might as well get it and, you know, and save right. myself 50 bucks. So boom, now you made your sale and you leave the room with money. So I, I you always want to have at least this, the free offer and then, be thinking, like even if you're thinking, well, gosh, I don't know, I don't have anything that I could sell right now. You do. You have yourself, right? So mm-hmm. sell something that you could do with people, for people, or train them, show them how to do, even privately, one-on-one. Well, and one of the things that you said that is so key is right now. Do it today. You know, all of those various things. Because if you just tell people, hey, when you get back to your office, go to my website and sign up for my free newsletter – 99% of them could want to do that, but they get back to their office. Oh, my gosh, they have 100 emails they have to respond to, blah, 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 and they totally forget. So it's important that they do it right then. So you have a sheet, right, that you hand out, especially the, when you're wanting to get people's email addresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly how I do it. Um, there are lots of fancy high-tech ways that you could do things. And um, I'm a reformed technophobe, so I'm not <laughs> I'm not scared of technology, but um, you know I don't like I don't like to make things any harder than they have to be. And here's the mm-hmm. thing: most of the time, um, you can't count. Well, you can't count on technology, right? We know right. it's going to fail. We don't know when, mm-hmm. but we know that it's going to fail. So mm-hmm. let's make the the process of being able to reach out to people. Um, something that we know isn't going to fail. A pen mm-hmm. and a piece of paper does that never fails you. So, right. um, so that's one reason why. And then another reason is that you actually end up with a higher conversion rate. You end mm. up with way more people mm-hmm. in the room who say, yeah, I'll sign up. And there are a number of psychological factors why. So um, if everyone in the room is, you know, there's this bandwagon effect that happens. Mm-hmm. If other right. My neighbor been, signed yeah, up. Well, I guess I don't want to miss, <laughs> I don't want to miss out on what they're getting. You know, so mm-hmm. then they signed up. And then, so all of these people are signing up. Some people, um, you know, there's the, you know, that, that kind of herd mentality, like, oh, we're mm-hmm. supposed to do this now. Okay. I'll do this now. You know, there've been studies of after studies that show that, you know, when there's a line full of people uh, and someone else happens by the line full of people, very often they'll more often than not, in fact, They'll stand in the line even though they don't even know what the line is for. Right. Like, well, okay, this is what we're doing now. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll just. Uh, it, it's the old if somebody's looking up in the sky, you you look up in the sky. Line. Right. So mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a much more powerful way than everybody take out your phone and text to this number or you know mm-hmm. go to this website right now and you know like well everybody could be taking out their phone and there could be you know five Facebook notifications and two texts right. you know from home and you know from work things and all of a sudden they meant to do that in that exact mm-hmm. second. But now their brain is somewhere else, and they totally forgot. Like, no, no, no. Let's let's not allow right, people right. to be distracted. So, mm-hmm. lots of reasons well, why the, the the writing thing is um, is important, and um, that's why I do it. And of course, it's it's important to have enough sheets for the room. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got a hundred people and one sign up sheet, half the people might not you know be able to get to it. And I, you know, I, I've always uh, been skeptical of the people who have said, "Come to my table in the back and sign up." Well, you know, that's when they get distracted again, or they see the line and they think, "Ugh, too big a line," and so you've missed them. You know, it's it really is that you have to capture them right 
then, mm-hmm. you know, because so many things will come up and we'll go squirrel. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> and, you know, or the next speaker starts or it's, you know, the, the break for coffee or, you know, whatever. And, you know, just capture them as soon as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's exactly it. Capture them while you can, while they're thinking about it in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I tell people that, you know, you don't know how many people are going to be in the room until you show up in the room. There could be a hundred mm-hmm. people registered and 15 will show up. I, I mean, like there have been weirder right. things that have happened. Right. Mm-hmm. So I always plan for a ton of people and you don't know how they're going to be seated or structured or organized. I mean, if there's, you know, if there's 50 people in the room and there are 10 tables, you know, you might be thinking, oh, 50 people in the room, maybe, you know, eight are going to be at a table. Nope, they're going to mm-hmm. spread themselves out. So you might have a right. table with three people at it. So mm-hmm. every table should get a sign-up form, mm-hmm. you know, or, or right. you want to have several handed out up and down the aisles and, you know, start some in the front of the room, start some in the middle and start some in the back. And that way mm-hmm. everybody who wants to gets a chance to sign up. Right, right. Well, and, you know, one of the things that you mentioned is, you know, and and I saw this on your blog, is then, you know, you put them into your database. That's part of it is you're asking permission to email them. And then, you know, they go, I didn't sign up for this and I'm going to report you as spam. No, you have the little form that they gave you permission. Yes, you do. It's like your little insurance form. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and that doesn't happen an awful lot. No. Hopefully people do remember, ooh, you know, I, I liked Felicia. I want to get her information. But, you know, I, I it was funny. I had a conversation just yesterday on Facebook with somebody and they said they had spent the day going through and unsubscribing. And, you know, I and, and probably they got some things that they really had signed up for and cared about, but they were in that mode of unsubscribing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens. And, you know, and that's okay. I mean, I always tell my folks, you know, don't worry about the unsubscribers because mm-hmm. they're, they weren't engaging with your messages. If they right. were, they would have seen your note and gone, ooh, no, I need to keep that mm-hmm. one, right? And if they don't, then they were not going to buy from you anyway. Mm-hmm. So why not clear out your virtual space, right. rental space, you know, whatever, and, and um, make room for the people who are going to buy. Right. Well, and I don't even look at who unsubscribes. I don't either. You know, it's and I used to, and then it was the ah, my friend, my true friend. They don't, you know, and and you're right. They just didn't want that information from me. It didn't mean that they weren't my my buddy anymore. That they didn't care. It was just they didn't want that. Or maybe I'd send it to their work email and they weren't supposed to get it. Or you know, there's there's a multitude of reasons. But it's just easier to not look. It's kind of like who is it? Billy Joel who says he never reads the bad reviews. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, know? a lot of stars he, don't mm-hmm. for that exact reason. Like, good grief, you don't want to even know. You're like, because it, it messes you up. Right. Yeah, because you do. You start thinking, okay, what happened? Now, you should check. I mean, if you're getting a lot of unsubscribers, that's a different problem. That means you're not providing them great content yeah. or, or things like that. But, um, but yeah, if it's just the onesies, twosies, okay, well, you know. Or, and it may have been that I signed up because my neighbor signed up, so, you know, I'm unsubscribing. So don't get caught up in those numbers. No, not at all. In fact, I, um, I have a uh, – one of my clients was, was lamenting that – she, um, you know, she got, she's written a number of books and does a number, a good bit of speaking. And she said, you know, 
in the same day, I got an email from somebody that you know thanked me for my book and how wonderful it was and and how you know it really changed the way they looked at things and it was so you know it was such a sweet note and then I got another message from somebody else who was you know not so happy about whatever and she said it just it just really bummed me out and you know right. we tend to focus on that negative one and I said mm-hmm. here's the answer to that get especially for her and her situation but this can work for everybody and is it in all of your books put an email address in there that you don't see send it oh. have it go immediately to a virtual assistant of some kind mm-hmm. and the virtual assistant sends on the happy things and they if if there's a negative thing that comes in that has to be responded to, you empower them, you know, give them a handful right. of things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if if it's somebody who just wants to be mean and vent and send a nasty message, then and there's no need to, re- yeah, mm-hmm. you, you, they'd be ignored. But, you know, sometimes some of the negative messages may need to, you know, like, you know, this is awful. I want a refund. Well, okay, we can, re- you know, like, all right, let's, mm-hmm. let the VA right. hit the refund button, right? Give them mm-hmm. the power that they need. And write whatever, you know, a handful of messages for whenever that comes up to give to the VA to say, all right, mm-hmm. you know, here's the three scenarios that you might need to do something and say something back. So here's some language you can use. Mm-hmm. And then you never have to think about it again because you'll right. never see the bad stuff come through. And that, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, that has killed more mojo <laughs> mm-hmm. of, of people that I know and even myself. Like you just get like, you, you know, you're going along, you're doing great. And all of a sudden the wind goes out of your sails. Because somebody else was having a cranky day and they decided to spread their crankiness all over you. Right. Well, and, you know, having someone else review it, there there may be things that need to be passed on. You know, maybe they say you you fidgeted too much or I couldn't hear you right. or, you know, things like that right. where they're being critical, but it's hopefully meant to help improve things right um you know and and but the nice thing is then the va can can reword it and say oh my gosh you know maybe your microphone was in the wrong place they said they couldn't hear you you know some things like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well and yeah well, and even if that's the case you know that you, when you're in front of an audience you also get feedback yes <laughs> really sometimes i know i <laughs> when oh you know i've i've had and i probably shouldn't admit this i've had people fall asleep now I'm like this dynamic speaker. So I just figured, okay, they made me speak after lunch and they fed them turkey. But, you know, or, and, and, and I'm, I've never, you know, deliberately tried to wake someone up. But, you know, there are things that happen. But it is, you know, we've, we've all seen the people who get out their phones, they start playing. I mean, you know, when you're losing your audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the, the one person who's falling asleep, you know, and as you look around the room, everyone else seems to be, for the most part, engaged. Right. That is not even a little bit about you. It is no. all about them and that mm-hmm. they have a newborn at home and this mm-hmm. is the first business meeting that they've come to and they're exhausted yep. mm-hmm. and we are just thankful to, you know, that you're not calling them out because they can't keep their eyelids open. Right. You know what I mean? And who knows, situations. maybe they're still absorbing it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Sure, sure. You know, I've had other people... Um, I don't know how, how, you know, particularly family friendly, but I'll just say there's a word that rhymes with witchy. Um, oh, and there's yes. this thing mm-hmm. called witchy resting face, but not with a, mm-hmm. with a W, you know, and mm-hmm. um, some people just have a cranky look on their face. Mm-hmm. I, I, and that's just and the, that's way, just they the way they are. They're, and mm-hmm. I've had people like that. I'm always shocked. I don't know why I'm shocked anymore, but I'm always shocked when people come up and, you know, they've had their arms crossed and they're leaning back and they've got this, you know, to me, scowl on their face. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh. God, they hate me. <laughs> I'm not even going to look in that direction. Mm-hmm. This is like, oh. But um, 
And then they come up and they go, that was wonderful. Thank you. I know I was really thinking about things that were going Mm -hmm. on in my life as you were talking about that. And, you know, I really know how I can apply this now. Like, oh, they were thinking. They Mm -hmm. were really, they were extra engaged. And that's, you know, like that was their thinking face. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, yeah, it's, you can, you just never can tell. Right. Well, and, you know, sometimes there are things you have to deal with. And, and you know, I, I tend to deal with, you know, like if somebody sneezes, I say, you know, bless you, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, because things happen. I actually got heckled one time. And it was funny. It was somebody who had paid to attend. And long story short, you know, I, I tried to deal with him and he was not happy. He was just, you know, people came up to me afterwards and said, oh, he's just a horrible person. But I finally said, sir, this is clearly not what you want. I'll be more than happy to refund your money, but would you please leave? And he did. Um, and then he was waiting for me out by my car. And I'm like, oh. ah! and he, he was apologizing. You know, it was, it really was. But, but yeah, he heckled me. Um, and it was, it was one of those things. But it happens to people, you know, or things happen. Technology fails, you know, all of these various things. And, you know, and that actually, I, I wrote this down as a question. Should people get training to be a speaker? You know, because we all think, oh, I can do it. I have this great message. Should they get training? And if so, you know, I think you have a program, you know, and so talk a little bit about that. But, you know, what type of training should people get before they just are thrown to the wolves? <laughs> um, that's a good question. I've been it's, I've spoken in front of audiences um, literally my entire life since I was seven mm-hmm. years old. I've been speaking in front of hundreds of people. So my, um, you know, in my head, I would go, well, you can just do it. But not, most yeah. people can't just do it. So um, you want to, depending on your level of comfort, mm-hmm. some people are very, very scared to speak, but they right. want to. And mm-hmm. they want to get past being scared to speak. In that instance, I would strongly recommend joining, like go to a Toastmasters club. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, I am personally not a Toastmaster. I've actually been to two Toastmasters meetings in my life. I've been to one regular meeting and one advanced meeting. And mm-hmm. it felt to me a whole lot like when I was teaching college. And mm-hmm. um, I would, it was like, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is exactly how I used to teach my speech classes. So mm-hmm. um, it was really fun for me to be able to see. And, um, you know, it's not the room is not professional speakers like myself. So. Right. You know, it's not it was not a great fit for me. And they're a fantastic organization for people who are mm-hmm. um, who are nervous or just, you know, like oh, definitely. They want, and they're everywhere. Yeah. Oh, everywhere. Every, every and some, you know, some larger towns have multiple like multiple many chapters, mm-hmm. um, even corporations. There are some corporations that have a chapter inside just for the people who work at the company. Wow. Yeah, it's really, I mean, they're, you know, they're international. They're a great organization. So I can't say enough good things about them. But, you know, if you're really like, if, if you're comfortable speaking already, or, you know, you speak in meetings and you're like, you know what, I'm good. I need a structure. I need a plan. And I need a path. Now that's mm-hmm. where somebody like me can help. And so that's what, you know, that's what the signature speech is for people who want mm-hmm. to market their business. And, it, you know, and that I've got SignatureSpeechSecrets.com. If, if anybody's interested in learning Perfect. more about that, they can go to there and pick up. That's my free gift. <laughs> Yay. Um, so, yeah, you want to you do that. And, um, you know, it's, it's 
a powerful marketing tool, but if you don't use it properly, you actually mm-hmm. can wait. You could be wasting your time. I've had so many people say, "Well, I tried that speaking thing for marketing; it doesn't work." If mm-hmm. speaking from for um, marketing your business hasn't worked for you, you're doing it wrong, and that's right. the bottom line. Because it, mm-hmm. it works a hundred percent of the time if you're doing it right. So um, the signature speech will tell you how to do that. So signaturespeechsecrets.com. If you're thinking, you know what, I've been speaking for a while. I've done some free gigs. I've done the marketing thing. I want to get paid to show up. I need mm-hmm. to figure that out. So I also do, um, I have group coaching. I have private coaching. I have what I call the ultimate speaker mastermind. And we mm-hmm. focus on that in uh, you know building an entire business around mm-hmm. your speaking. And right. you know, I always say to people, listen, it doesn't matter where you, whether you get paid to show up or you're or you're speaking as a marketing tool, you need to build your entire business with speaking in mind and mm-hmm. whether speaking's the first thing or the thing, you know, or they, you know, people see a product or they read a book and then they come and they go, "Oh, we want to hire you for that." It doesn't matter mm-hmm. how they come in. Speaking needs to be a part of a full-on successful business, particularly if you're calling yourself some kind of an expert or some kind of a consultant or some kind of a coach. Right. Well, and, you know, at the the very start, we mentioned the fact that, you know, there are people who think, oh, my gosh, my topic is so boring. Well, there's industry associations. There's, you know, all sorts of ways because you're not the only person who does it, you know, and 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 you might think it's boring. You know, I I had one time uh, an insurance person say, well, what on earth could I talk about? And 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 they did um, uh, personal injury insurance. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, uh, to me, that's kind of a fascinating subject. What does it entail? When should somebody get an attorney? And and it almost came back to those lists. You know, what the, the top 10 reasons somebody needs a personal injury attorney or something like that. And, you know, and, and then it's exactly what you said. They, they do their little presentation and people in the audience go, oh, my gosh, I know somebody who was in a car accident or, you know, I had this happen when I was at a business. And then ding, 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 ding. Or as I should more, more apt say, ka-ching, they come to you and they say, now I need to hire you. So to me, there's really no boring topic there's more a boring speaker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's let's make it even even more gentle. There's a boring speech. The speaker yes, themselves the speaker. are probably mm-hmm. not boring. The right. topic itself is probably not boring because like you said, mm-hmm. there there I have I have a, an association list of mm-hmm. 27,000 associations. Wow. In just There's the U.S. and Canada, everyone. I am telling you what, mm-hmm. if if you could think of it, there is an association for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, so something that would be, you know, that you or I might consider a possibly boring topic, mm-hmm. there is an association of people who are thrilled and excited mm-hmm. about that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you just got to find your people. And then it is exactly what you said. It is all about Let's engage those people because even if everyone in the room is a ravenous fan of what you're talking about and they love it, those people can be bored if your speech is stinky. Mm-hmm. So right. we don't want to be, we don't want to have a stinky speech. We want to have a compelling speech that, you know, has kind of, has people sort of, you know, leaning forward and they're on the edge of their seats and they're mm-hmm. like, ooh, this is so good, you know, or, or like they're leaning back and they've got that scowl on their face because they're thinking like, ooh, mm-hmm. how am I going to apply this because this is good right, stuff. Right. You know, that's what we want. And and it does come back to what you were saying earlier, you know, there's there's different ways to present. So maybe your topic isn't 
key, keynote worthy. I'm putting that in air quotes. That's not, you know, not something that you could talk about for 45 minutes, an hour where, you know, the audience would be just wrapped with attention. Maybe it really is something, though, that is perfect for a workshop or breakout sessions and, and things like that, you know, a, a how-to training type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, and it's pretty easy to do a keynote speech um, when you know something about something. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. And 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 you do it by telling stories. Mm-hmm. The best keynotes are filled with stories. Yes. And uh, in fact, the best trainings are filled with stories, just to a slightly lesser extent with uh, a little less detail because you're filling mm-hmm. in the blanks with, you know, more how, you know, like, so how does this relate to the audience and let's show you how to do something. But mm-hmm. um, a keynote speech is nothing more than content bridged together with your own stories. And I want to mm-hmm. emphasize that. Don't be telling the story about the little boy on the on the beach throwing back the starfish because that is not your story. And people will hear you tell that story and they're going to go, oh, you're a hack. And they and they zone out. Yep, and they're like, mm, here we go. Oh, so it's an entire speech of cliches. Great. So you tell your own story, you know, and for pe- mm-hmm. people who are not familiar, they're like, boys, starfish, what are you talking about? So here it is in 10 seconds or less. Little boy's walking on the beach. He's throwing a bunch of starfish back into the ocean. Old man says, little boy, what are you doing? And the little boy goes, I'm I'm saving these starfish. And the man goes, you're not going to be able to save all of them. He goes, it's not even, it doesn't even make a difference. You're barely making a dent. And the little boy goes, but it mattered to that one. Right. So do you have a time in your life where you mattered to one or when somebody mattered to you? Tell that story. Yes. You know, and and hopefully we all have those stories. You know, and and again, that comes back to any industry. You know, you, you were the insurance person who got the insurance policy for somebody and then they had a major accident and, oh, my gosh, they didn't have to sell their house because of mm-hmm. it. Or, you know, you, you saved them from the IRS or, you know, all of those various things. We have those stories that, you know, we, we worked with, we touched, we helped another person because ultimately that's really what this – what what we're supposed to be doing, right? You know, we we laugh about the fact that we want to make money and we want the little ka-ching button to go, but it is about helping other people, um, you know, and, and that's where all of this comes in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it really is. And um, and that, that story aspect from the stage is just absolutely crucial. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if, I, that would be another thing that I would, that I would say is, you know, get, get some training in storytelling, get practice mm-hmm. telling your story. Even if, even if all you do is at the dinner table, whoever you happen to be sitting across the dinner table from, tell them the story of what hap- of something that happened today. Just start right. practicing saying things that happened to you out loud. And mm-hmm. that is great training for, you know, because the other person will engage with you and they'll ask you questions and you can kind of see, oh, okay, so this is where, you know, they wanted to know more about this point or they, you know, this was, was an interesting aspect that I didn't realize somebody else might mm-hmm. think is an interesting aspect. And it just really is a, a fantastic way to start to build your speaking chops. Right. So, you know, we've got, we've got a little over 10 minutes left and, and let's talk about, okay, so you've decided you can do this. You know you've got this great content. What tools do speakers need to really start promoting themselves? Because the the key is that we have to come across as professional. Mm-hmm. And you know, so what tools and, and things should someone have in order to be promoting themselves and, and what they do? Okay. So the um the bar is a lot lower if you are 
going to be doing your signature speech and then an audience or, you know, meeting planner isn't going to pay you to show up. Then if okay. somebody is, is looking at you and saying, I want to pay you money to come, um, mm-hmm. in either case, you need to have some kind of a clean, clear, crisp image of yourself, a, a photo okay. of your face. And, um, you know, it should be a clear photo of you looking directly at the camera with some sort mm-hmm. of, of smile on your face. Mm-hmm. Right. So we don't a, a, a snapshot from, um, you know, a nice quality smart sh- smartphone is probably OK if you're doing just mm-hmm. a signature speech and you're marketing yourself for free. However, I would invest a few bucks and just get a professional headshot. Right. Photographers in every town there are, you know, you can go to Craigslist and find a portrait photographer who's willing to, you know, meet you and and take a few Mm -hmm. shots um, because they're trying to build out their their portfolio. And you can, you know, you can easily pay 50 bucks or less, you know, Mm -hmm. for so that's something that's an easy, quick investment that you'll be able to use for a long time to come. So you need Mm -hmm. you need that professional photo. You also want to have a place for a meeting planner to kind of check you out a little bit. Okay. And in a perfect world, now if this is if you're getting paid, you absolutely need to have your own website. So mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a full-on website. It could be a blog, and okay. you know you have information on the blog, and you have an about page mm-hmm. on your blog, and um, you know I mean my entire business website is run on the WordPress WordPress platform at FeliciaSlattery.com. So you know you could go there and see. It doesn't look like it's a blog site, but it's you know, right. built on WordPress as many websites are today. But, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't even need to look like that. If people land on it and they see that, you know, you, uh, the first page on there is, a, is you know, a bunch of blog posts and, the, you know, the simple about page and a simple contact page, that's all you need. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't have that, uh, well, first of all, it's, it's very inexpensive to get that. So you should probably have that for your business. Mm-hmm. And LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook can be your friend. <laughs> right. Uh, and a lot of people forget that, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure this kind of makes you crazy too, but when um, when people say to me, "Well, I'm only on Facebook for personal reasons," oh, oh, are you kidding oh. me? Are you really? <laughs> I mean, for there are you know, even if you're in a corporation and you know you're only you're only really connected with people who you went to high school with or college with or you know your buddies you know in town mm-hmm. or neighbors or whatever, it does not matter. Right. Like it doesn't matter because you are yourself, you, your personal brand, you carry with you in every aspect of your life. So mm-hmm. I am very consciously on every form of social media as me as a professional, which means yes. I'm talking about stuff that I'm doing at work as much as I'm talking about the things that are happening in my personal life. And mm-hmm. they very often will blend because I work out of my home. So, right. um, you know, social media is a fantastic place. And so your, your LinkedIn profile can speak to, you know, if you don't have your own website yet, your, you know, people will Google your name. And social mm-hmm. media sites have way better SEO than you do on your little website. So, right. right? So mm-hmm. you might as well trick those out so that you've got your photo on there. Maybe you have a, you need a video of yourself, whether you're speaking directly to the camera or a video of yourself on stage. If you don't mm-hmm. have any time on stage yet, then fire up that camera, look right into the lens and share a share a tip or two mm-hmm. or 10 or whatever. And so that someone can see you, what you look like, what you sound like. So mm-hmm. those are some of the tools that you want to have in place so that a meeting planner can say, oh, all right, this looks like somebody we might want to have. And then mm-hmm. the last thing you want to have in place is 
um, you want to have an idea of what you would talk about. And okay. so that when they say, hey, you know, I see you're interested, you know, you're a guest, not a guest. Um, we, we're interested in having you as a guest. I see you're mm-hmm. an expert in or I see you know something about, um, you know, if if we would have you come on the show, actually, Deb, you did this with me. You're like, oh, my gosh, I see you all over the place. And, you know, I just, mm-hmm. you know, we see each other on social media and you're like, I'd mm-hmm. love you to come and talk. What do you think you might want to talk about to my folks? These are what they're about. That happens more often than not is people mm-hmm. will see you. They'll like your message and they'll go, OK, so what do you have that you want to talk about? You can't say, <clears throat> oh, I don't know. Yeah. Or I can talk about whatever you want me to. <gasps> Doesn't that drive you nuts? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. Like on your end, as the person who's having someone come and speak like, um, OK, well, then I got nothing. So you right. as the speaker, you as the expert, you've got to say, yeah, I've got, you know, even if all you have is one thing that you want to talk about. Perfect. This is my right. thing. This is what I can talk about. My first signature speech that I wrote in 2007, I'm still delivering it today, is mm-hmm. called Credibility and Cash Flow. The, the wow. title's changed a little bit over the mm-hmm. years, but, um, you know, it started out as a kind of a boring yawner title, so I made it better. But the content of the speech, pretty much identical from 2007 mm-hmm. because it's evergreen stuff. Like, how, right. do you, how do you come across as a credible person? Communication mm-hmm. is an evergreen thing. So um, I'm still delivering that speech. I'm still being invited to deliver it and still being invited to talk about it on podcasts and, and mm-hmm. so forth. And you can as well... Um, just you just have to know what you're going to talk about so that when somebody does approach you after seeing all of your stuff online and or even meeting you face to face and you tell them that you're a speaker, that's another piece to getting yourself booked. When you meet mm-hmm. people, you tell them what you do and tack on and speaker. Oh, I'm right. a coach and speaker. I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a graphic artist and speaker. I'm a, you know, whatever and speaker. Just tack that on and people go, right. oh, what do you speak about? Which is the funniest mm-hmm. thing ever. Because if you just told them what you did, like, well, I speak about what I said, what I do. <laughs> right. Well, and to me, there's a couple reasons why you want to have your topics. Uh, the first is you do come across as more professional, you know, because then maybe you have your, I have four that I speak about. And then I've got like a paragraph that talks about what each one of those is. So then they know, okay, Deb talks about this. She doesn't talk about this. And sometimes the doesn't talk about leads into could you Mm -hmm. or they say, you know, I, you know, I want you to speak about, say, Pinterest. And I'm going to tell them I don't speak about Pinterest, but here is somebody I know who can. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then I made them happy because I didn't just say, no, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, and I didn't break my neck trying to figure out how to do it because, Mm -hmm. you know, we we can't be everything to everyone and having, you know, a a limited number, you know, is not limiting. It's more that you get to specialize in it. Right. So, you know, you've got those topics and then you can say, here's what I talk about. Now, I do tell people, okay, you know, I can personalize and I personalize for every group so that, you know, it's not just the canned generic speech, but then you're right. You can give it over and over again, and you're not trying to reinvent the wheel every single time you speak. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the, here's the secret for you, by the way, and cool. anybody else. Um, people who are like Zig Ziglar, he never personalized mm-hmm. a speech because he was Zig Ziglar, right? right? Yes. The more popular you are, the bigger your platform. Platform is, you know, the people who know you, who follow mm-hmm. you, who love you, who buy your stuff. Um, right. The less you have to, quote, customize. And um, what I do when I, you know, I don't customize any presentations anymore um, Mm -hmm. other than at the very beginning of a presentation, I will give the audience a slide 
like, you know, right. whatever the name of the group mm-hmm. is, so that mm-hmm. they know that I know who I'm talking to. Yes. Right? You know, like if, just If it's Tuesday, this must be Belgium. Correct. <laughs> right? I mm-hmm. know that you are a room full of uh, relationship coaches, mm-hmm. you know, and so this is, I, you know, these are the things that I know that are important to you. Like that, you know, will, will be something right. that I'll do. And then maybe, uh, you know, maybe... Some of the examples, sometimes I use examples, you know, and I've used the same example over and over again, but I might be thinking, oh, you know what? Something happened not that long ago. That mm-hmm. would be a great example for this particular audience. Perfect. So I'll swap mm-hmm. that out. But mm-hmm. 95 or more percent of my speech is the same every time. And it can be for pretty much everybody and still have it feel like, wow, they were, they, that mm-hmm. speaker was talking directly to me, right. which is what you want. And sometimes it's just as easy and as simple as putting their logo on your slide. Yep. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yes, it is. Then they, you know, and, and so, you know, hello, pay attention. You know, look through your, your presentation before you give it to make sure that it's the right logo. I've seen that happen Ooh. where they get halfway through and they, oh. you know, they, they hadn't just, uh, yeah, they'd missed it. I'm like, oh, she gave this to IBM last time, and we're not IBM. <laughs> you know? Oh, wow. Yeah, pay attention um, to that. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, well, Felicia, we've got just a couple minutes left. So before we, we stop, tell people again how they find you and how they connect with you online. Okay, well, I am probably the easiest person in the world to find. You know, I'm, I'm my eighth grade uh, graduation class Several years back, um, you know, after I'd been in business for years, they had a um, they had a, a reunion, and mm-hmm. I heard about it after it happened. And somebody said, "Well, they couldn't find you." And I said, "Have they heard of Google?" Um, yes. Because you can go to mm-hmm. Google and type in Felicia Slattery, and I own the first twenty-seven pages. Cool. Because <laughs> I've been online for a long time, so mm-hmm. you can just Google Felicia Slattery. You can go to my website, FeliciaSlattery.com. You can find mm-hmm. me on any form of social media. Guess what? I am everywhere. Felicia Slattery. Cool. So um, anywhere you'd like to go. And then again, my free gift for you, if you're interested in, in any kind of speaking, go to SignatureSpeechSecrets.com. That gets Perfect. you a free MP3. It gets some, you know, if you're nervous about speaking, I have a little free bonus um, report on how do you get over being nervous. And, uh, you know, it's a great place to start because even people who think they, you know, think they're ready to, to get paid to speak, find value in that free information. And then you'll be in my community and you'll hear about other um, other free classes, webinars, trainings, paid classes, webinars, trainings that I do as they come up. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Felicia, this has been absolutely wonderful. And I already know we have to have you on again because we didn't even touch on your other book, which is Kill the Elevator Speech. So we'll definitely have you back on again. That would be fun. Well, and thank you again for being such a fabulous guest and providing great information. Thank you for being a wonderful interviewer. It's always fun to have a a nice conversation. I know. This is, I love what I do. It's so much fun. For those of you who aren't connected with me, I'm like Felicia. It's pretty easy to find me. It's My website is just debcreer.com, D-E-B-K-R-I-E-R.com. And until next week, everyone have a fabulous day. Thanks for listening to Deb Career, your social media friend. Tune in next time to listen to more great tips, techniques, and trends for using social media. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.